And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Father, we do love you. We thank you for what we've felt and what we've already experienced here in the house of God. People already doing business with you. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to have part of this service. Lord, for allowing us to open up and read from the precious bread of life. Father, we pray that you'd undergird us this morning with your spirit and power. Loose this tongue, let it go. Give us scripture to memory. And Lord, I pray that we'll bind every, every source of evil that may be thrown our way this morning. I pray you'd bind it, put it up under the blood. And Lord, we know we've got protection inside the blood of Christ. And Lord, we'll thank you for whatever you do for us this morning. And all that you will do and going to do. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen. And amen. Very few places in Scripture illustrate the gospel truth about the necessity of the blood for salvation as this text does here in the wonderful Word of God. Uh, Israel was about to be delivered from Egypt. The last plague, the plague of the death of the firstborn was coming about. But the children of Israel could avoid this particular judgment of this plague. But they had to heed the message of the blood. They had to be aware of what the blood was going to be doing, what it stood for, what it was going to deliver them from. And we got detailed instructions throughout the book of Exodus chapter 12 especially, including the slaying of the lamb, which is a type of Christ. And a putting of the blood on the doorpost, which is a type of the cross. And uh, folks, I'm here to tell you, the only way that you were not going to lose your firstborn was to have the blood applied to the doorpost of your home. And when you say, well, how does that resemble a cross? Well, he said to put the blood on the doorpost, which is the side. And then it said, put one up above at the cross timber. And you can imagine that. You have a point here and a point here and a point here. Just as that cross is there. And you make a cross. Uh, uh, The only way that that firstborn would be spared. Is if that blood was applied to the doorpost. And the only way that you're going to avoid judgment this morning. Is to assure that the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ is applied to the doorpost of your heart. And be saved before it's everlasting too late. I just want to touch on some brief things here earlier in the chapter. In verse number 3 of Exodus chapter 12, the Bible says, They shall take to them every man a lamb. All men had to select a lamb to protect his household. None were exempted. If the lamb was not used for protection, the firstborn in that house would die when the death angel would pass over. Here is the responsibility of man in regards to salvation this morning. The lamb will not save unless it is chosen. They had to pick out a lamb. They had to choose a particular lamb. But my friend, I'm here to tell you before you can avoid hell this morning, you have to choose a lamb, a particular lamb. And that lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't choose Buddha this morning. You can't choose the God of the Hindus. 
You have to choose that one and only God that died for you and was resurrected up on the third day and is soon coming again to get the children of God. And it's Jesus Christ, Him and Him alone. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by Him. It's all about the blood this morning. Saved by the blood. I not only see the selection of that lamb, but I see the supplying of the lamb in verse number 4. The Bible says, If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next into his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Since the lamb was to be eaten by the people after the blood was shed, it was understandable that a small family would not need a whole lamb to eat. So the sharing of the lamb, Brother Dusty, came about. Small families were emphasized to go ahead and, and, and help supply lambs to, uh, lamb meat to everyone that was around. In other words, no one would ever die because they could not afford a lamb. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that, did you? No one, no one would have to die. Because they could not afford a lamb. Christ is available to all this morning. God has made ample provision so that none are excluded in the offer of salvation. The Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, won't cost you a dime this morning to receive Him as your Lord and as your Savior. It won't cost you anything. There is a Lamb that has been provided. There is a Lamb that will be shared. There is a Lamb that has been slain for the sins of this world. And His name is Jesus. Then I see the specifics of this lamb. They couldn't just get, Brother Harold, any lamb. They had to get a specific lamb. It's stated in detail in the scripture along about verse number 5 of Exodus chapter number 12. It had to be a good lamb. In other words, the Bible tells you and I the lamb was without blemish. The lamb could not have any physical flaws of any type. This speaks of the sinlessness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. A perfect Lamb. I'm talking about a Lamb that doesn't have any flaws in it at all. And I'm talking about a Lamb by the name of Jesus that had zero flaws. He was the sinless Lamb of God. And people will say, well, do you mean to tell me that Jesus walked this earth some 33 and a half years and never committed one sin? I'm here to tell you He was able to do that because He was not only man, He was also God incarnate, God in flesh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you He was a perfect sinless Lamb and they had to get that perfect Lamb that night in Israel or in Egypt for them to slay. And my friend, that is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see the goodness of the Lamb, but I see the gender of the Lamb. It had to be a male Lamb, Brother Gerald. It couldn't be a female Lamb. God specified it had to be a male Lamb. And in type, that speaks of Christ, the Son of God, not the daughter or the mother of God. Listen, Mary can't save you today. Mary was a virtuous woman. Mary 
was a virgin woman that conceived miraculously by the way of the Holy Ghost of God. She was a good woman, but Mary wasn't a sinless woman. She wasn't a sinless woman. But the son that she brought into this world uh, that was incepted there uh, by the way of the Holy Spirit of God, that seed placed inside of her, my friend, that which was born from her was perfect. And it takes perfection and sinlessness to save anybody today. How can a sinful individual save anybody from their sins? How can a sinful God save anybody from their sin? You can't. It takes the sinless Lamb of God today. You see His goodness. You see His gender. But I see His growth as well of the Scripture. It said it had to be of the first year. This meant the Lamb was to be in the prime of His life. Not old and worn out and ready to die. But it had to be a mature lamb. But not a terrible old lamb. You see, and it reminds me of Christ. Christ Himself died in the prime of His life. Uh, Just over 33 years of age, uh, Christ gave His life uh, for you and I. So I can see Jesus Christ in this sacrificial lamb. I can see the cross and the placing of the blood upon the doorpost. The most important thing about the Lamb is that it provided the saving grace, if you will, for the Israelites and to where their firstborn would be saved and be not slain. The protection from judgment was in the blood Of the Lamb. Judgment was coming to Egypt. The only way that they could avoid judgment was by the blood of the Lamb. The only way that you here this morning will avoid the judgment of a judging God will be the blood of the Lamb. Not just any Lamb. The Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. The place of the blood be put on the two doorposts and the upper doorpost of the house. Obvious reference to the cross. But notice there was no blood on the threshold of the floor. Why not? Well, this was so the blood would not be trampled underfoot. In disrespect. Hebrews 10, 29, you can look it up later. Where the blood wouldn't be trampled. You see, all this is coming together. By the way of the blood, by the way of salvation, by the way of avoiding judgment there in Egypt, the tenth plague that come against Egypt. The only way to be saved was to have that blood applied. I want to look at that blood just for a moment this morning and hope to give you some help from heaven. First of all, I want you to look at the prominence of the blood. The blood is a prominent theme in this text And it's prominent for salvation. Uh, These people couldn't avoid the judgment without the blood. You and I cannot avoid judgment today without the blood. It's emphasized throughout the Word of God from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. You see it in the Scripture. From the curse of Cain's uh, bloodless offering to the emphasis uh, on the blood making atonement of sins uh, for Israel's offering that they had to give up in the Levitical law. To the warning of the New Testament that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. You see the blood 
from in Revelation where the Bible speaks of the blood of the Lamb. Wrong about chapter 12, verse number 11 in the book of Revelation. And the Bible continues to go over and over and over many times throughout from Genesis to Revelation about the blood of the Lamb. Not just any blood, but the Lamb of God's blood. Many songs in our hymn book emphasize the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But there's many churches today that are taking the hymn books even and tearing out the pages about the blood because they call it some type of slaughterhouse religion. But I'm here to tell you, church, if it wasn't for the blood, the shedding of His blood, of every drop of blood that He had in His body, you and I would be in a mess today on our way to a devil's hell. But thank God for the blood that He shed for you and I that we can have everlasting salvation. Amen. I'm glad that we've got that salvation. I can be secure in my salvation. I can be safe in my salvation. I can get as close to God as I need to be today. Listen, that's what we ought to desire to do is to be as close to God as we as we can be each and every day in which we walk in this life. I'm here to tell you it's the prominence of the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. That blood is prominent in the plague that we read about in Genesis through Exodus. It's in the blood In Revelation, in Hebrews, all throughout the New Testament, it's all about the blood of Jesus this morning. Something special about that blood. It's prominent blood. But I see the protection by the blood. He says there in verse number 13, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. (laughs) The blood was going to protect from judgment, you see. God was not looking for fame or fortune. He was looking for the blood. He wasn't looking for somebody that was good or bad. He was looking for the blood. He wasn't looking for somebody that's dressed up well or or looks nice or got their hair combed all pretty. He was looking for the blood. He's not looking at what kind of shoes you got on. He's not looking at whether you got hair on your head or whether you don't. He's not looking if you got any on your face or if you don't. He's looking for the blood. And when He returns in all of His glory, in all of His might, He's going to be looking for one thing. He's going to be looking for the blood. It's the blood this morning. Amen. I got protection in the blood. Sister Candy sang that song. Couldn't cross the bloodline. He can't cross it. Amen. The only way that the devil can cross the bloodline and get to you and I that are saved this morning is that God has to drop that hedge and lower it and give the devil permission to come against you just as he did on Job. Thank God that I'm covered, but I'm not only covered. When the New Testament came along, I began to be washed. Not only covered, I'm also washed in the blood. Didn't matter about your possessions. Doesn't matter about how much you've got and how much you don't got. It matters about the blood. It'll protect you. It mattered what was the what mattered was the blood. Was it applied to the doorpost? Likewise in salvation. It matters not what you are in this world. What matters in salvation is whether or not your sins have been washed by the blood of Christ. First Peter says, you're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, 
but with the precious blood of Christ. Protection of the blood. But thirdly, in that scripture, in verse number 13, I see the place of the blood. We've already touched on this a little bit. He said, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. Important point right here. Make sure you know it. The blood must be on the house. Where, where you are. If you were to be protected. Being on a neighbor's house would not protect you. Just because your mama's saved, she's got the blood applied, don't mean that you're saved. I talked to this young lady one time, Brother Harold, and she said, well, preacher, my mama's a godly woman. She's taught Sunday school. She's played the piano. She's given to the church. She's paid this off. She's paid that off. She works in the nursery. She works in children's church. She does everything she can. She provides meals for the preacher, has him over to eat, partakes meals to him when he's sick, does all this good things. And my friend, I'm here to tell you today, she said, I don't have a thing to worry about. I said, are you meaning to tell me you think you're going to go to heaven on mama's coattail? Well, I think I can. She's been so good. I said, yeah, but you're rotten. Well, preacher, I'm a good girl. Yeah, good enough to go to hell because the blood's not applied. Blood's not applied. There was this man that was extremely rich. Two brothers, extremely, had all the money in the world that anyone would ever want. One of the brothers died. Wicked. These two men were wicked. Wicked boys, but they had fortunes. That brother got ready and called the mortuary. Said, we want the best funeral that you can give. The very best service. Get me the best preacher. But I'll tell you what. The preacher that you get, I want you to get him to go ahead and say, that he was a great man, he was a good man, and just go ahead and put him right in heaven. Just say he was a good man is all I want that preacher to do. Say it, he's a good man. And this man was rotten. He wasn't good to nobody. And the whole neighborhood and the whole community and all the preachers knew it. He said, I'll give you $25,000 to do this funeral, and you can have the preacher pay him and have him to say, that this was a good man. That preacher Joe stood up behind the podium. He said, thank you coming for this memorial service today for so and so. This man was rotten. <laughs> preacher said that. He said he was inconsiderate. Nobody liked him. He loved his money more than he loved his own family. He, lo- he didn't love nobody. He wouldn't hold on a job, but yet he's got all this money from, uh, you know, he, he, he was a con man. Yeah. Yeah. He conned people out of money. He's the biggest con in the community. He wasn't worth a snap to nobody, but now he's here laying dead. Yeah. Probably burning in hell if he didn't get saved. 
That man's just sitting there. He said, but, but, he was a good man when you compare him to his brother. Well, he done what was asked of him. He said he was a good man. <laughs> mm. Goodness won't get you to heaven today. Oh, I've got protection in the blood. You see the place of the blood. But my friend, listen. I want you to see the power of the blood. The Bible says there in verse 13, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. There is so great power in the blood. There is no power compared to the power that's in the blood that can stop divine judgment. Egypt had great and mighty armies, but they're no match for God in the blood. The blood had the power to stop that judgment And the blood of Christ still does stop judgment. About a couple of weeks before Jubilee meeting started. I'd been talking with Ray about several things. And one of the things I talked to him about was, you know how the underpinning of a house or or the the bricking of the house on the bottom always, they have these vents on the bottom. And we had a couple of vents over at that house. One of them had a grate on it. And uh, I guess that's what you call it. It had that little grate on there. But the holes were kind of big. Well, my fear is, you know, a snake going to crawl in that basement and going to crawl up Miss Teresa's bed with her or something, you know. And I said, we got to get something to go over that where to still get air. And we had one place where it didn't have nothing on it. You know, and you're going to get all kind of critters up under your house if you don't have something on there. So we'd been searching for a long time to find... Something to go over that. You just, I, I just couldn't find nothing. Lo and behold, I'm in Home Depot one day. Joe, I went there back to the back, and there's this big old sheet of mesh. Small holes. Metal. Yeah. That stuff was about, uh, it, it had to have been every bit of, was it five foot long, six foot long? And about three foot, four foot wide. I only need two little, you know, yeah. j- you know. Anytime you get to looking for this much, you can't find but this much. Anywhere you go, anything you're looking for. And when you're looking for something, you never can find it. But if you're not looking for it, there it is. But I found it. Wasn't very expensive, nine or ten bucks. I said, well, you got to get this done. I carried that sheet of metal out to the car. It wouldn't fit in my trunk. I even tried to fold it over in half because I only needed two little squares. I couldn't even get it folded in half and go in my trunk. I spread a towel out across the back seat. I slid it in the back of the car. And I looked at my pants. I carried the sheet out like this. I looked at my pants and it was like a cheese grater had been a hold of my pants. You've seen my pants. Just shred it. Shred it. This stuff is sharp. I said, huh. If a little old snake squeezes through there, he won't have nothing left. He'll leave his guts behind. I get in the car. It was cool that day. I had my window rolled down, my arms outside the window. I'm smiling, going down the road, listening to some gospel music. And all of a sudden, I seen blood on my hand. Well, John done cut myself. 
I reached down into the car, looked in the console, found a napkin. I wrapped it around my finger, and I just kept on going. Came over here. I came out. I gave the stuff to Ray. I said, I got to clean this up. I run it under the, 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 the spigot over there. And then I put up, come over here, I think, and put a Band-Aid on it. And it stopped, you know. No big cut, just a little old nick. Well, I got to looking as I was getting back in my car. I had a blood stain about that long on my car door. And I got to look some more and down toward the ground effect down there, toward the bottom of the door, I had another one about that long. Blood. I said, well, ain't no big deal. They get, they get blood out of clothes. Yeah. I'll wash that off when I get to the house. I got home, I forgot all about the blood. Let me make this point. Thank you, Lord. Don't forget about the blood. Right. Don't forget about the blood. So, here's what I do. I forgot all about it. Thought about it another day when we was over here. I seen it. I said, Ray, you see that blood? Look, I got blood on my door. Yeah, I see it. You got it down here too and back here and this, that, and that. Okay. I said, yeah, I got to get that off. Three weeks later, I'm washing my car. I got the goo be gone, the bug be gone, the everything be gone, and nothing's gone. I'm scrubbing my car trying to get the blood off. But guess what? The blood is still there. Amen. The blood won't come off. Right. It wouldn't come off. I even went to the point of waxing my car, tried to wax it off. I couldn't Ajax it off. Tried to do anything that I could do Except for scratch it. I even got my fingernail begin to try to scratch it off. And it had like, now don't let me gross you out, but it crusted over a little bit. I got all that off. But underneath, it didn't come off. I just started, at one point I was like, man, you know, my car is a nice car. And it sure is pretty and it sure is shining. Now I got two stains on there that won't come off. And then it's like God smacked me in the face and said, Boy, that's just what I've done for you when I covered you with the blood. I can't see what's under that blood stain because the blood won't come off. Thank God when God looks at me, He don't see the sin that's underneath, but He sees the blood that's on top. I said hallelujah to the glam of God today. As long as I've got that blood, I know that blood's not going nowhere. I know if I can keep my life straight with the Lord, I know that I've got forgiveness of my sins. And my mind took me back to the scripture that says, Your sins is cast as far as the east is to the west. I buried in the deepest parts of the sea. They're under the blood stain of Jesus Christ. Never to be remembered no more. So don't let the devil throw them up to you. They're covered. They're forgiven it's over with the blood who would have thought a piece of metal would bring an illustration full circle to the blood anybody wants to go out there to my car after service you can look 
up above the door handle. Joe, it ain't about this wide where it drip, but it's about this long. And there's still a stain there on my car. I like to think of it like this. Praise God, God only not only saved me, He might have saved my car. <laughs> now you know that I'm just jiving there, but you know what? It feels good to know that I'm driving in a vehicle that's covered with blood. But the thing is, it's not my blood that keeps me safe. It's the Lord Jesus Christ's blood. Amen. I want you to stand this morning if you would. I'm saved by the blood. As they come get us a song of invitation. I had an email from a Muslim this week. It said, can we please meet? I would like to tell you about Islam. I said, can we meet? I need to tell you about the blood of Jesus. He never did respond. Listen. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, I believe we'll, if we're saved today, we'll try our best to live godly. Live for the Lord. I believe in, in prayer. I believe in intercessory prayer. I believe in praying. I believe in asking forgiveness every day. Well, preacher, if you say, why are you asking for forgiveness for? Because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. What do you mean, preacher? Look, listen. Ain't none of us perfect. That's why we needed a sinless lamb. Huh? You want to stay close to God, you stay on your knees. Get yourself under the blood of Jesus. If He saved you today, you've got the blood applied. But we take the blood so lightly. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's the Word of God. But so is the life of the Spirit. It's in the blood. It'll cover you. It'll cleanse you. It'll wash you. To a point that Ajax can't get it out. That's a proof today. Just that illustration is proof today. I hope you're covered. I hope you're washed. If not... You can be today. And if you know someone that's not experienced a Holy Ghost blood transfusion, you might need to come down to this altar and lift them up in prayer. Pray that they'd get saved before it's everlasting too late. They need to be saved. Listen, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. They're cutting off people's heads and everything else. Listen, we think it's not going to come to the Bible Belt. Ten years ago, I thought a lot of things wouldn't come to the Bible Belt. But guess what? It's here. Somebody needs to take a stand for the blood. He's died for you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. Father, we do come to you today as humble hearts. Lord, thank you for the blood. God, if there be any need amongst this congregation this morning, Lord, I pray that you would move upon their hearts. I pray in Jesus' name, dear God, that you'd give them help from heaven, give them courage to come to an altar of prayer. And Father, we'll trust in you to do the office work in their heart and that the blood be applied. And Lord, that we'll have forgiveness. Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.